So I wanted to have you both come in because you're, you're in the same business, but you've taken different paths to success. You've both survived. Lauren, you know, you were saying you're actually doing better than before. Jesse, you're, you're a survivor. Who are you? And where are you going? What do you want? Together, we'll find the ideal path on The Way to Wow Show with your host, Kevin Bemmel. Welcome to The Way to Wow Show. While learning how airlines and large retailers have overcome their travails, I don't know that that's really so helpful. For most of us, we don't have the kind of scale and resources. So this week on The Way to Wow Show, we're going to get two perspectives on how small businesses have survived the kind of tectonic shifts the economy has been facing for, the, for over a year. Lauren Price is a native Los Angelino who's been a woman's hairstylist for seven years. Prior to going out on her own, she worked at one of the most prestigious salons in Beverly Hills, Umberto. After hair salons were shut down in California, well, you know what? I'm going to let Lauren tell you her story. Jesse Cantillo is a native New Yorker who's been cutting hair since he was 13 years old. He learned the business the old-fashioned way, apprenticing for master barbers, honing his skills along the way until he could cut hair of any style and kind. Jesse worked in barbershops throughout the five boroughs, including 10 years in Manhattan. In 2015, Jesse moved to Los Angeles and starting from scratch, built a substantial clientele in just two years. In 2017, he opened Barber Lab Beverly Hills. He's gonna talk about how he survived the shutdown. How do you optimize your finances? You know, a lot of people have been struggling for, for a while now. And so I wanted to have you both come in because you're, you're in the same business, but you've taken different paths to success. And, and, and I think it's interesting for people to hear, you know, what you've gone through and, and, and why you made the decisions that you made. So why don't we just, let's just start right there. We'll go, we'll go ladies first, I know, because Jesse is a consummate gentleman. <laughs> so Lauren, um, you know, where were you, you know, about a year ago and, and how did, you know, how did it change? How quickly? And, and then where did you, you know, what were your pivots or, or your changes that allowed you to survive? So a year ago, I was working at Umberto Beverly Hills and the pandemic kind of happened overnight. It was like on the news that it was like in China, maybe in Italy. And then one day our manager texted all of us like in a group chat at 6.30 in the morning that said, come collect all your stuff. The government is shutting us down. And I came in that day, I collected all my stuff. And a lot of people were very, very scared to have me near them. Just, it was this, like it was a disease. It was like, if you touch them, they would die. It was very, very alarming to everybody. And there was a serious lull for like the first month and a half after the shutdown happened. And eventually all my clients, thank God, 
are very vain, and they, like, <laughs> my ladies would not let their husbands see them, what they actually looked like with their gray hair, and it was like, will you please come to my house? Will you please do my hair outside? And it kind of all happened at once, and it just made more sense to me to, like, go to clients' homes as protected and safe as possible, everybody in masks, you know, haircuts, color, outside, and it's almost been slightly better for me with there's no overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up actually doing a lot better during the pandemic than I did in the salon before. So. Wow. Yeah. So, and and it's it sounds like it just sort of happened that way. It wasn't a, a you know, you didn't sit down one day and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, go to my clients' houses. It was really much more organic. Yeah, I was very, I was very afraid to like reach out to my clients just because I didn't know who was going to get me in trouble for doing this and who wasn't going to. It was like, in a way, I was afraid I was going to get like ratted out to the government in a way for like doing this. So I had some clients who were very offended that I never reached out to them, but I was kind of just like trying to cover my butt a little bit and just let them all come to me um, and reach out to me first to make the initial, hey, will you come take care of me? And word of mouth started kind of like getting around the community in the area that I live in that like I'm working, I'll go to people's homes and eventually got back to all my clients who I had not reached out to that I was going to people's homes. So it kind of was just like a really lovely chain of events where like all my clients ended up reaching out to me eventually. And then on top of that, I, um, I gained a much larger clientele also just from people in the neighborhood. And, and, and Jesse, it was, it, I, mean, I, I know because, you know, yeah. you, you, you're my barber, yeah. right? You're, you're the, 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 the hairstylist for the show as well. So, I mean, it was very different. For, I mean, I remember when it hit because I, I think I sent you a text message yeah. that day saying, you know, hey, you know, what, yeah. what's going on? So uh, tell, us, tell us about your experience. Um, as soon as it happened, I mean, it was what, March 16th or something? And it just like every everybody stopped, and I I I don't know what to do. I, I you know I started texting everyone that I would be taking clients on the side, um, but not at the barbershop, so as to not I don't know jeopardize the space. Um, but it didn't happen right away. Like she said, it, it was it was at least a month a month and a half. I actually had moved to Arizona for like a month and a half and I stayed there just to like get away from LA for a little while and like figure things out. And then once I got a little more courage, I actually was like, you know what? I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna figure it, figure this out and see how I can turn this around basically. So um, a few ideas came to head. I thought about selling packages of haircuts for a little bit cheaper than I would ch- uh, charge for a single haircut. And um, that worked out a little bit. And it was, I mean, it was just still disheartening t- to this day right now. I'm still um, suffering a little bit. Um, I lost a lot of uh, clients. Um, a lot of people moved away. And right now I'm just, you know, focused on keeping, keeping the core that I have right now, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, building on that. Um, but so, but you made the decision at some point that uh, you were going to, when you were allowed to, right. you know, have your salon open. Right. So, well, as soon as so the first lockdown ended, 
And I mean, I was already, I was already here. I was, you know, ready to go back to work. And um, it was good for a little while. And then we got locked down again. And then it, it was just, oh man, I just didn't know. I, luckily, I, I, I started to apply for the uh, government loans. And that's really what helped me out. Um, the SBA PPP loan and the, and the EIDL loan which is an economic injury disaster loan, two different loans. It's very important. I wanted to, to touch down on that too. Was to have your business set up properly so that you can file for those kinds of loans and everything. And that's basically what saved me. Still, to right now to this day, is still what's saving me. So, oh, so was able to take advantage of the various. Um, I think it's called Care Act programs. Care right? Act programs. Yeah, uh, that they uh, they started. I mean, it was. I guess at the end of March, I applied, and by April, the end of April, literally on April 30th, was when they funded. But, um, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not like I wanted this. I would rather just have my business the way it was before the pandemic started. I mean, I was up, I was up 30 to 40% from the previous years, and then to just completely drop down to about... 30% of the previous years. Um, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a huge reversal. Right. So, but, but you, you made a, a much more of a conscious decision about, uh, you know, you, you sat down, thought yeah. it through, and this is what I'm going to do. Well, yeah, I decided, uh, I, was, I was on the cusp of signing a new lease, and it was supposed to be for a five-year deal, and I didn't sign, I didn't sign where I was supposed to. And, you know, I kept pushing it off. And it was actually, I was supposed to sign in January. And, it, you know, March happened. And I, I immediately hit, hit the landlord up. And I was like, um, there's no way that I can sign this five-year deal. I mean, we have to, we have to talk about this. And he, they're, they're pretty good people. They're, you know, I, I actually really, really like them. They have taken care of me every, every step of the way. So they gave me a good deal to stay in the, in the spot. Instead of leaving, they were like, "Look, if you you know do X, you can stay here." And you know, I, was, I said, "You know what? That's that's a good deal, and I'll and I'll take care of that." So, I was very fortunate because of that, and and the business loans. Otherwise, I don't know. I probably would be just cutting hair at and 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 people's homes, or you know, mm -hmm. yeah. So, so Lauren, what are your plans? I mean, eventually whether it's vaccines or whatever it is, eventually things are going to be, I, I think, get back to much more like they were, you know, before all of this. So as, as, as we look to that time, whenever it is, what are your plans, you know, for the, for the future? Yeah, so I, um, as soon as the vaccine is distributed to pretty much everybody, I would love to get my own studio. I'd like to have my own independent workspace. Um, I have a feeling rather than, my thing is a lot of people are saying they're still going to be nervous to go around groups of people once, even once the vaccine is out. So I do want my own private location just so my clients can at least feel safe. But with that being said, I want to wait till the vaccine gets distributed to everybody just because those who are working in these private studios, they still have to pay rent on these studios even while the government has them shut down. And I wish I had like, you know, that extra like 500 bucks a week to spend on a workspace that I'm not allowed inside. But like, that's just not how my life is rolling at the moment. Right. 
So once like the world opens up again and I don't have this fear that there will be a shutdown of like my workspace, I would like to get a studio of my own. Mm -hmm. um, with that being said, there are still gonna be people who are afraid to go into places. I think the fear of like what the world has kind of gone through will still linger for some people. For those people, I'm, I think out of a very, very close relationship with my clients and they're all like family to me and it would still be like my honor to come to their homes and take care of them if like they are too, you know, scared to go into like a public workspace. Mm -hmm. um, so I plan on doing a little bit of both, whether it be like my own work studio or still taking care of my clients in their home just for their own security. And, and just, I mean, we, you've told me about some of your ideas right. for the future, but, but sh share some of those with us if you would. I'm always trying to think of something to better my business and 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 the and I need to be adverse, right, because of what's happening right now. So I'm thinking of different ways on how I can get people, more people to get haircuts from me, right? That's really what I want. I just need more clientele. So uh, why are they, aren't they coming to the barbershop? One of the questions that I asked, and I said, well, you know, they're afraid of going out, so maybe I can go to them. But I find when I just go and obviously it's not the same for everyone, but I find when I go to someone's house to cut their hair, it's a lot more difficult for me than it would be if I had my station and my mirror and my chair that rises and drops and like all my tools in the right place. Mm -hmm. um, so I was thinking about maybe I should maybe get like a, a mobile thing going and like add it to my, my barbershop experience that I have right now. You can either come to me or I can come to you and, and have the same exact experience. You can have the same exact experience in either place. The reason why I was thinking that is because when I opened my shop, I bought two stations. I have two chairs, I have two stations, and I never used the other one. So I'm thinking, why not make some money out of that and put it in a, in a van? Mm. You know, like one of the big ones, or they have, you know, um, the one that I've been looking at is like a Pro Master. They're pretty big and extended. That if if you think about it, it's like an Amazon van, sort of. Mm -hmm. So pretty big, and you can. You, I've seen a few uh, different conversions where they put a whole barbershop inside one of those vans. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking about it, and I may still do it even after the pandemic, and just still have both because I have an extra station, but I don't use it at all. Mm -hmm. Like, so I might as well try to make some money from it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, for both of you, um, for the for the small business people that are that are watching this show, what what advice would you you've both survived? If I mean, Lauren, you know, you were saying you're actually doing better than before. Jesse, you're you're a survivor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like you know the contestant quality of a New Yorker to me is, is yeah. you're, you're, you guys are survivors. I'm gonna be fine. I'm, I feel bad for. The other businesses we talk about it all the time. Right. I'm, I know I'm going to be fine because people will always need their haircut, mm -hmm. and you know if you're good at what you do, the money will find you. Right. So, what advice do you have for small business owners that, I mean, they're, maybe they're struggling, maybe they're you know they're just about ready to you know call it a day. Stay focused. Um, you know, don't give up, and if you love something. Uh, if you love what you do, if you love what you do, it's never, it's never going to be work. You know, it, love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. It'll just be something that you love to do. Yeah, I second that. And then, 
network accommodation and like the passion when people know that like you love what you do um, and you put your heart and soul into it and you have your smile on your face even if you have to you know drive 30 minutes to get to their house or you know if you are still like struggling to like put that plate of food like in front of your client if like the restaurant opens up again like just have so much pride in what you do and it makes the person that you're serving the people that you're working with it makes it just a much more personal relationship that great relationship helps with word of mouth. It helps with networking um, and positivity. Like everybody's going through a really hard time right now and good energy puts, it just, it just comes back. Last, last question. Where do each of you see yourselves, let's say in five years? Wanna go first? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> So this um, is where ladies first works against right. you. <laughs> Honestly, if, please God, the pandemic will be done and like completely under control in five years from now, I would like to be like happily in my little studio, you know, working on my schedule with my same clients and then some, you know, I think I really do love what I do and it's really a privilege for me to get to work with all of my clients because I don't really look at my clients as just like clients, you know? They're like friends of mine who I get to like take care of in a way. And it's like a ridiculous social hour for me almost with my clients. It's really, really fun. So I just, I really still hope to be doing that with those same people in a space where they feel safe and that's all I really want. That's what I want to be in five years. Five years from now, honestly, I really just want to be happy. That's it. I mean, I'm working. Um, I want my business to thrive and I want everyone else's business to thrive and I just want, you know, We've been going through a really tough year. Everyone has, and five years from now, I just want like a little more peace, a little more, a little more friendship between everyone, a little more happiness and smiling yeah. for everyone. You know, smiling we can see. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm smiling under this. Yeah, I know you are. Yeah, <laughs> I know you are. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen you without a smile yeah. on your face, man. Aww. It's just amazing. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I really would. I really just would like that. I mean. We've got, we've all got family, younger generations, right, coming up, and that's what I'm, I'm afraid of for the most, right, for them. Not really what I'm going through. I just want to make sure that they're going to be good and, uh, and everybody else to be good, you know. That's, it's really all I want, just everybody to be uh, happy. And around me, happiness and, you know, no negativity, like you were saying before, that's, that really brings everything down. It's so true. Well, I think that's a, I think that's a great note to to wrap things up on, and uh, like you said, God willing, um, you know, both both of those visions will come true. Maybe hopefully sooner than five years. Lauren, Jesse, thank you so much for for coming in and, and talking to us here on the Way to Wow Show. I, I think you will have a very very positive impact especially on small business people who, who are struggling to see, you know, two wonderful people who are, who are really making a go of it and, and holding on to what's most important to them. Thank Thanks you. so much. We appreciate Thank you for you. having us. Thank yeah. you so much. That's our show for this week. I first of all, want to thank Lord Blaine for coming up with a brilliant cocktail, the Business Casual. I mean, so many layers of flavor, absolutely delicious. Thank you, thank you, thank you to my two guests, Lauren Price and Jesse Cantillo. I, 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 
urge you to maybe even look at this episode a second time, not to pump my our YouTube numbers, but to really take in the advice that they gave us. Both of them, you can see the passion they have for their work. And I, I share a little, you know, set secret for you here. Um, our director was telling him he couldn't imagine anybody being passionate about something other than, you know, being in the entertainment business. But you know what? It's clear that they really love what they're doing. And that love for, for their work and for the people that they help, that they take care of, really makes a difference. We can all bring that to whatever we're doing, our work, our families, our friends. So I, I encourage you to adopt their philosophy. Courage at all times, my friends. And Marie, you're my bell, darling. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.